about the Messi thing? Anything else on the Messi front, Chris, before we move on? No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm falling out. I told you, I never want to bring this guy's name up again. I don't know, man. This Messi thing is just a freaking mess. What a disaster. I don't want to hear this name ever again until it's official. But they got me back. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 104 of the Battle Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada, and alongside me, as always, Mr. KBD. How are you doing, sir? I just want to make a quick point, Danny. Let's let's not forget who brought us here, okay? Let's not forget <laughs> that. Let's not this forget this guy right here. Let's not forget him, yes. all right? Yeah, every, everybody does hate on Phil Neville, but we wouldn't be in this final if he doesn't get us to the semifinal, so... Yeah. Props to you for bringing that up, even though everybody probably hates the fact that you brought it up. But we do have That's a final right. coming up tomorrow night, U.S. Open Cup. We have a chance of getting La, La Doble, right? The, the, the second trophy in what, yes, 40 sir. days, I want to say. Second trophy, 40 days. Second in our four-year existence. And uh, our opponents, the Houston Dynamo. And we have Joey, who was nice enough to join us to go ahead and preview the final. How are you doing, Joey? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. From Bay City Soccer. Yep. Correct. Yeah, why Bayou? I like. Well, I saw that name and I didn't understand. Isn't it Bayou? It's the Bayou. It's the Bayou, okay. baby. The Bayou. I still don't understand. I'm, I'm, <laughs> excuse, excuse my ignorance. I have no idea. No, what, it's what it's Bayou the means. nickname for Houston. It's the Bayou City. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I had no idea. <laughs> well, it's yeah, funny, I, Joey, that's because how I am. <laughs> well. It, and I was going to mention, Joey, I imagine that a lot of people just kind of confuse the bayou with, like, Louisiana, like New Orleans. Like, that's well, the that's one thing I that I think of when I yeah. think of a bayou. But when I saw the name, I thought it was interesting as well. Like, I guess it's uh, I guess it's sort of related, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, most definitely. All right, Joey. So, the finals upon us here in Drive Pink Stadium. I know you guys aren't the best road team. But no, not at before all. Before we get into... Before we get into the specifics, I kind of wanted to know, Houston, everybody's telling me, and I've noticed, right, because they just keep winning, they've been on a hot streak recently coming up up until the Sporting KC game this past weekend. What's exactly changed that all of a sudden they just started playing so much better? Dude, it's Ben Olsen. He came in and changed everything. You know, he just completely turned around the team. You know, he got Hector Herrera playing at his absolute best. He's went from... He was all right last year. He's playing some injuries in this series. He's MVP caliber player. So he, he's he's just been great. You know, we bring in Artur and Amin Bossi, and now combined with Coco Karaskia is probably up there with the best midfield in the league. You know, we're now that also be a lot better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're a lot better of a possession team than in the past, too. And then our defensive shape is, is near perfect. We just love to get shutouts on guys. All right, uh, we have a lot of new. I, I just want to bring up something really quick. Oh, sorry. No, I, I I wanted to bring something up because I noticed something in in the recent games is that you guys are kind of like a, a Jekyll and Hyde kind of team where you'll have some games where you're blowing people out of the water, but then some mm-hmm. games you're just tying and you're losing uh, by one point or you guys only get one in the back of the net. Um, I mean, does that sort of does that sort of show what the progression has been since then? Yeah, definitely. And that definitely sums up the way we score goals. You know, we're either we're really, really on and we'll 
we'll dominate the position. We'll put all of our chances away. We'll put four past you or we're a complete garbage in front of goal. You know, Corey Baird will have one of those games where he can't finish anything and we will maybe score one or nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and for the most part, like you said, he's been relatively inconsistent this season. Corey Baird, definitely. He, he, yeah. Especially early on, early in the season, he was, I want to say he was horrible, but he's really came on recently. And so we have a lot of new viewers that started watching, obviously, after Messi got here, right? So a lot of people from around the world are watching the show that don't really know the MLS as well as people that have been watching it for years now. If you had to tell any of our new viewers to look out for a certain player on the pitch that they might not be uh, familiar with, who would you tell them to, to kind of look out for? The obvious answer would be Hector Herrera because he's just our star player. But yeah. uh, I'll give a shout-out to Coco Karaskia. He was okay. the, the Gold Cup uh, best player. Dude is just everywhere in the midfield. He plays both sides of the ball very well. I would say at like this like CONCACAF level, he is one of the best transition players I've ever seen at this level. Dribbling, passing, everything. He, he struggles a bit in the box. He's not the best creator in the box, but, man, when he gets that ball in midfield, he gets a quick turn, quick pass. It's, it's unplayable. Well, and I over I was over I was listening to your podcast a little bit earlier, guys, and everybody that's that's coming into the chat and everything. You guys should check it out. You guys mentioned Carrasquilla and how much potential he has, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I imagine that he's going to hit that at some point. Uh, so he's the kind of player that you see that will make a difference in this game. Then, definitely, definitely, he was he was the player who made the difference in the semifinal against RSL. We looked. We looked horrible in that game, and he he was the one who grabbed the game and got the goal to push us through. So, as far as tactics and formations go, what exactly what formation do you guys usually come out in? So we usually come out in like a four two three one four four two type of shape. Depends okay. on uh, how we're pressing. I mean, I mean, Bossy will kind of play as a ten striker. It depends. It depends on who we're playing as well. And then, you know, we go into offense. The left back will tuck in as another center back, and we'll go to a three-at-the-back type of shape in the right back, who will be Griffin Dorsey. He's another name that uh, can make a real impact in this game. He'll push up as more of a right winger, and then it looks more like a 3-2-4-1 type of shape. Well, Griffin Dorsey had a goal against uh, against Vancouver, so mm-hmm. he was pretty critical in that game as well. well you guys he, dominated he's had a Vancouver. few goals this year, yeah. He gets a he's he's a weird player because you know he started off as a as a winger for us and then switched back to a right back as a, in the next season and now he's been kind of like that hybrid right back right winger this year and for some reason he's just so good on his left foot cutting in like no one expects it and he just cuts in and just blasts them he did it against LAFC I think he did it last year I think he did it again against LAFC this year and he just did it again against Vancouver. And that that's uh that's that's who we suffered against against Atlanta. I forgot the kid's name. It's uh Brooks Lennon. Brooks Lennon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was kind of just drifting in from the right wing back position, kind of found himself in the box, and he was killing us in there. All right. Um, so do you guys usually high press? Because my understanding is that you guys like to keep possession and where you hold like a mid block more or less, because the trouble that we've had is teams that kind of hold that low block and just say you're not gonna score on us and we'll take yeah. advantage of the counter every once in a while. It definitely depends on the on who we're playing and the kind of the game script. We definitely will play in a mid block for the most part to start games, but usually once we get one, Ben is pretty quick to go into that defensive shape. That's why we have all these one nothing wins and stuff. Because what we have sixteen shutouts on the season, 
It's most in MLS, and that, that's in all competitions, but that's included in the Open Cup games. But we are yeah. first in MLS in shutouts with 12, I want to say. So, yeah, we could we could be that defensive struggling team, but sometimes we are a little more pragmatic. That's it. Well, and one of the one of the commenters in the chat is mentioning Carrasquilla equals Pizarro. I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't know if that's a little drastic, mm. right, Danny? I mean, Carrasquilla yeah, no. is making a pretty big difference. Pizarro, uh, he had his opportunities and completely failed at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carrasquilla is a lot better than Pizarro at this point. Yeah, no, I know. I, I would assume that, that, that you're right. All right. Um, so, um, well, I just completely blank when you brought up Pizarro. <laughs> I mean, everybody, uh, they, I, that's what everybody was mentioning. So, so let's say hypothetically, you had money on into Miami and you had to go talk to Tata Martino and you're like, Tata, I got money on you and I'm going to help you win. This is how you beat Houston. What do you tell him? Um, I would say definitely play a low block against us too because we do struggle at creating against those two types of teams. I mean, Herrera and Bossy are only like real difference makers in the box when it comes to passing. We do we do have Nelson Quinones. He's very good at getting in those positions, but his final ball is awful most of the time. He's a very young player, so he's something that's going to – should improve for them, and it has improved throughout the season, but it's not enough yet. So I'd say definitely play a low block against us if you want to keep us from storing. And we won't always score all the chances as well. So, you guys don't play much of uh, the counter because that—that's where our weakness is. Our weakness is that people beat us on the counter consistently because we're so aggressive. We play a high line and we get caught on the counter consistently. And our two, two of our three center backs—I'm assuming we're going to come out with three tomorrow—are extremely slow. So yes. it becomes it, we get caught flat-footed quite a bit. You well, guys don't play the counter. Gonna... There has been some games where we play the counter. It's it it's again it depends on the matchup as well. Ben has been pretty adaptive this year. Um, I mean, we've seen a lot of games where we start with uh, Ibrahim Aliu, who's one of our younger strikers. We play him up top. He's really good at getting behind and making those types of runs. So we definitely could play the counter. And as I said, Coco is ridiculous in transition, and Hector could also do that role. So yeah, we could play on the counter too. And Quinones, from what I've from what I've always seen, he's he's pretty quick to counter as well. Mm-hmm. He's very so quick. That's, and the worst part is is that since Jordi Alba is already referenced as to not gonna be playing tomorrow, we're gonna have a young left back down there, Noah Allen, which I mean we love as far I like as him fans a lot too. As, yeah, as far as fans and support. I mean, he's young. So obviously mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't you know, they don't favor him. And when you compare him to Jordi Alba, I guess it's easy to make that that assumption. But if you got a guy like Quinones, that that kind of strikes a little a little bit of fear in me. Oh, definitely. Well, if Allen will be on the left, so he'll probably more face up against Amin Bossi and Coco Kerskia more than Quinones. Quinones will be more down the more down the left, running at Yedlin. Down the Yedlin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, our how if Messi plays a full ninety. And if he does, like, when do you, okay, let's just go straight to the predictions because the way I'm trying to word this isn't going to come off right. <laughs> what are you thinking as far as a prediction for tomorrow? I, th- I think it's going to be, go. I think it's going to be a long physical game. I'm going to say it's going to go 1-1 and go to penalties. I think if it goes to penalties, I think the Dynamo definitely could win because they've been very good in shootouts this year throughout League's Cup. So, it definitely, it, it definitely could be us in penalties, but I mean, it's a coin flip at that point. If Messi plays the full game, I think you guys probably 
play us off the park at moments in the game and we lose. But I don't I don't he, think Messi's gonna start. I, I don't think he is either. It doesn't seem see like it. it. But yeah, I mean if, if Messi comes comes in and just destroys the game and scores three past us, I'm not gonna be that upset because that's just kind of what could happen. But yeah. I, I I'm gonna go with a one one draw and we're gonna win penalties. Okay. Um I I, I kind of just want to ask you about your, before we let you go about your road record. You guys have se- you seem to be playing a lot better at home than on mm-hmm. the road. Way We've better. won two games on the road all year. Is do you think that there's a reason for that? It, it's a lot of it is the converting chances. It's like at home we convert a lot of our chances and we score a lot of goals. On the road it seems like we could just never nothing breaks our way. We just can't put the ball in the net a lot of the time. And then, you know, we're trying to push guys higher up the field. We'll just give away a silly goal and get frustrated and lose. We've also had a lot of red cards on the road as well. Well, I was going to – that was my next point is that you guys seem to have a lot of hotheads on your team. You Mm -hmm. you I want to say you guys might lead the league in yellow cards. We we might. I don't know that one. And you guys have – no, actually, you don't. You are second place. Second place. You are – yeah, you're in second place for yellow cards. <laughs> so, yeah, you're in second place in yellow cards. And as far as red cards go, you guys are in third. So you guys do lose your head a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm, I would assume that one key in this game is to not get carded early. Mm-hmm. Because if you have to play careful when you're defending Messi to not get the second yellow card, that's going to put you in a really bad spot. Definitely. So and think- it, it worries me with Franco Escobar, too, because Franco Escobar is probably the biggest hothead on the team. He's yet to get sent off this year, surprisingly, but he's a yellow card machine, and he's our left back, so he'll be on Messi. Yeah, so there you go. So I, I, I do think that that might be a key for you guys also, is just keeping your cool, because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, coming down with a yellow card early in the game might cost you in the long run. Oh, for sure. And it's it's kind of gotten better as the season went on, because there's a lot. It was kind of like this, uh, like, Early hat towards the first like middle way point of the season, we were getting like a red card like almost every game, and it was really frustrating. But it's definitely slowed down a bit. Well, and if you if you take into account or at least believe what a lot of MLS fans are saying about how the refs and MLS want Messi and Inter Miami mm-hmm. to win, That's nonsense, you don't want to be but... following us. <laughs> well, I think it's nonsense also, but <laughs> but you know, I'm just saying if you want to play into that, yeah, definitely. Chris, and the worst part is, is that we, and, and any, and also we have Aviles who also is just reckless as well. So and it's David not Ruiz like we're. Mm-hmm. David Ruiz is another person that's just on top of everybody. So those are two players that I can potentially see sort of matching some of your players, yellow card for yellow card. So this can quite possibly be a game where it gets a little grimy. Mm hmm. Yeah, and our ability to play down a man this year has been surprisingly pretty well. Like, we haven't had a game where we've gone down a man and completely collapsed. Like, if you look at the Kansas City game in the Open Cup, we were down to 10 men for almost the entire game and squeaked out that one nothing win. So, yeah, we can play down a man if we have to. And uh, the, everybody's predicting that's going to be nasty weather out there. So, that, that might somehow play into it also. We'll see. Yeah, and what's your used to it. <laughs> Yeah. And what's your prediction, Danny? What do you think? What do you think is going to be the outcome for this game? Oh, do you want to give predictions already? Uh, my prediction. Well, he already I, gave. He already gave right, you. Sure. You already gave your prediction, right, Joey? One-one yeah. tie going to pens. Sure. And, I, and imagine if we go to penalties and it goes goalie against goalie, just like League's Cup. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. That'd be a great one. 
I, I don't even. It's gonna be. It's debating who starts in goal for us too, because Tar yeah. Andrew Tarbell's been our cup goalkeeper the whole year, and he's he's all right. He's fine. He hasn't really made any mistakes in the Open Cup and the League's Cup. He made a really bad mistake, but our starting yeah. goalkeeper in the league, Steve Clark, he has been one of the best goalkeepers in MLS this season. So that could also be a big uh, impact on the game whether who starts. I think Tarbell does get the start though. Well, I don't know if yeah. Messi can can play a full 120, right? Because it'll go to extra time. It's not like the mm-hmm. League's Cup where it went straight to penalty kick. You got to go 120 if you're going to go and take PKs. I don't know. I, I, I would assume Messi plays a solid 30, 35 minutes. I don't think he's going to play the full game. And uh, I, I think we, we squeak out a 2-1 victory. Uh, that, that, that's what my prediction is. Chris? I'm actually, I'm actually thinking it's going to be 3-2. I feel like okay. uh, I feel like Houston's going to put more than one goal on the board. Um, I, our defense is a little it's a little too shifty in terms of what's going on with Aviles. Uh, Sergey hasn't been at his best, so I could definitely see us getting two goals scored on. But I think that we're going to be able to get three with Messi playing, even if he doesn't start. So three two, I think Inter Miami will take the win. All right. All right. Well, well, Joey, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you and uh, your podcast and all of this stuff. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at uh, Bayou City Soccer. You can find myself at Twitter at uh, Joe Chabala 10 And then our website would be BayouCitySoccer.net. Nice. Awesome. Good stuff. Thank you again for taking the time to join us. We really hope that you guys lose tomorrow. And. Uh, <laughs> And uh, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah, have- thanks for having me, man. Good luck. All right, all right, man. Have a Joey, good one. Much appreciated. Thank you. Too. All right. So, listen. By uh, the way, before before we get over to our next guest, I just want to say that Branton came on and said that you and I have the best beards in the battered network. I think that yeah. Manny, the bearded Finn fan, would have definitely something to say against that. So, I just want to yeah. say that. Really, because I think Branton might be a little coy because I think he has the best beard, but that's a, a story for another day. <laughs> All right, so uh, our next guest is uh, somebody who has been on loan a couple times over the last couple months. I think he had a stint with Cruz Azul. Then it was uh, who else was it? Atlanta, Orlando, yeah. Dallas, teams, Charlotte, the Union, Nashville, and then Cincinnati. And I believe it is now Houston time. So it's about nine squads over the last two months. He has uh, been gracious enough to join us, even though he knows that, you know, Inter Miami is, is kind of hating on him. And so without further ado, we'd like to welcome Mr. Tactical Manager to the show. How you doing, sir? Oh, there he goes. There, there's the jersey already. <laughs> when, I go, when you go on loan, you got to get the jersey. And not just the jersey. Your name on the back right here, number nice. 10. Got to have everything if you're going on loan. My loans aren't fake. They're real loans. <laughs> all, they just don't all work. In, all in. They just don't right, work. Well, That's the only problem. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. <laughs> well, and I, know you, and I know you mentioned that you were going to be on loan with us. I'm, I'm assuming that's hoping that it flips on us. That was the reverse jinx. That was the reverse jinx. I was just the, the thing is the jinx doesn't work that way, but that that was my goal. My goal was to join. But the thing is, at the end of the day, I can't really join Inter Miami on this one. Orlando won the Open Cup last season, and um, I, I I stayed in Dallas four months last season. four months in not Dallas, Houston. Sorry, at Houston. 
So I, I kind of want Houston to win this one. Nothing against Inter Miami specifically, but um, I was at Houston last year. I liked the city. I went to their game, got the jersey that they gave me. So nice. look for Houston on this one. So before we start talking about Open Cup, and I do want to talk about the Orlando game that just passed this past weekend, I wanted to ask you about the League's Cup. Mm. Well, you know, let, let's go even before League's Cup. How did you feel when Messi joined the league and Inter Miami specifically? No, no. Um, Messi, well, I... Look, let's put it this way. I mm-hmm. People started to think I was a Messi hater. I'm not a Messi hater. I, I never honest. thought you were. I think you're an Inter-Miami no, yeah. hater, but not a Messi hater. <laughs> not really Inter-Miami hater. I, even if you go back to the tweets, uh, the first few in the League's Cup, I, I wasn't rooting for Inter-Miami, but I was hyped and happy that Messi was playing the first goal. I was at the plane. I was going to L.A., and I was watch, I watched the game, his debut against Cruz Azul, right? Okay. Cruz yeah, Cruz yeah. Uh, yes. I was on a plane to LA and the game was on TV. I was tweeting about the game with the Wi-Fi and I wasn't going against Inter Miami. I just got really pissed off because I still think the Orlando game was rigged. That was my main issue. Before that, you go to the Atlanta game, all the League's Cup group stage games. Uh-huh. I didn't care. I was just enjoying Messi in our domestic league. That was all. But at the end of the day, um, and even that Brazilian Messi hater, no, Messi's probably the only Argentine, Messi and Di Maria are probably the only two Argentine players. I I wouldn't say I root for them, but I appreciate them. Well, it's hard not to appreciate for sure. Well, I mean, I, 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 I hate a lot on Diego Maradona, and, and he's well, probably that level, and many others yeah, are many sure. other Argentine legends. But, but well, I, I'm, I'm Colombian, so I'm not a big fan of many Argentinians either. So to be fair, I, I'm kind of yeah. see eye to eye with you there. But the thing with Messi is he's a bit different um, from the other Argentine players. Don't, the whole thing with Argentina and Brazil, we don't like. It's more humble. Of, yeah, Messi's humble despite being better than every single Argentinian player that ever played. The thing with the other ones is there's like this like snobbery and arrogance with Argentine players when they play against any team in South America, which um, – I'm not going to get into that in this stream. This stream. <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, we, but don't, we don't need to get all into that. But now just generally speaking, right? I mean, Inter-Miami, Inter-Miami signs Messi, and then all of a sudden it's just Messi mania, right? When you look at that, what what was your sort of first reaction in terms of how this could sort of potentially uh, put MLS on a different state, on a different map? Yeah, it's a bit complicated, right? Any league that Messi would join, there would be massive hype if he went to a yeah. Brazilian league, an Argentine league, any of them. I think the main difference is if he went to like a Brazilian league and he went to play away, you were not going to see half the stadium with Messi jerseys. Yeah. They would still go for their team. They would go watch and they appreciate Messi, but they're going to be, um, they're not going to be a Messi fan in that game. Uh, while in yeah. MLS, you kind of like see that, right? The thing with Major League Soccer is Messi will bring eyeballs. People will watch it. We've seen in the social media numbers how much it's grown with Inter Miami. Uh, even in general, MLS coverage, you see how much it grows. Even MLS videos on YouTube when you do it because of Messi. The problem is I don't think MLS prepared properly for Messi's arrival, in my opinion. I think yeah. if they knew ahead of time Messi was coming. And, and when I was in Houston last year, there were people inside MLS already telling me that they were preparing for Messi's arrival to Miami. It wasn't confirmed, but the salary cap probably should have been raised well well before that some For rules sure. and regulations should have been done the calendar should have been fixed without international break all of that should have been done prior so all these new people joining in would have seen a superior product 
and you're more likely to keep them after. Sure, you're going to continue to get views while Messi's playing, but Messi's human and eventually he's going to retire. How? What percentage of the people that you got the attention now have you kept? And that's where I'm not sure where MLS stands right now. Now, for me, it doesn't really matter. I watched the league before. I'm going to watch it after. But how, what's the retention? I don't know. I don't know. The, the product is the same. It's improving very slowly every season where we could have seen a drastic jump when Messi was joining. They didn't do that. But because we didn't know for sure that he was joining, I think that that might have been the hesitation. Although, when I saw Jorge Mas in his box in the World Cup final, I felt like, okay, that's just about to shoot. It's in the back. But I don't think they could have made those moves without 100% certainty that he was going to join. But can't you just improve your product in general? They can afford a $10 million salary cap. That's double. They can afford that. You're right. But selling that to the owner that they're going to double it without, like, just because... I, I, I'm with you. I think they yeah. should. But to sell it to, hey, we're going to double the salary cap just because. Now, we're going to double the salary cap because we have Apple TV and Messi and so many other players we can get all of a sudden. Now that we have Messi here, I think it's an easier sell to all of a sudden double it and bring on that fourth DP, hopefully a fifth DP, something like that. I, I, I'm against DPs, actually. Do you know okay. that? No, no I well, not, nice. not fully. I, I think it, the league would be... The problem with MLS right now is MLS is probably the most balanced league in the world out of the... I'd say major 20, that's 25 why, That's league. why I enjoy it so much, yeah. Yeah, put the top 25 leagues in the world. It's probably the most bad. Outside of the top 25, I, I, I don't know. There might right. be one. I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, but MLS also has the most unbalanced rosters out of those leagues. You have a guy like Messi in a roster, and then you have basically a NCAA D1 college defender in the same team. Uh, you have that issue in MLS. The rosters aren't balanced. So... I'm much. I'm in favor of keeping a DP spot, a, D, a regular DP spot, in a young DP spot because if you want to sign a player like Messi, you're going to need a DP because the salary is right. too big. But I'd much rather have a salary cap of like 20, 25 million, which right now it's around five. You'd have better rosters. It would be more competitive. Uh, and Messi would have a harder time. He would still be Messi and get a goal per game, whatever. But it would be harder for him in general. It would just be a better product and more competitive, more players fighting for a spot. So you think more holistically per team, the salary should increase, not just increase it for these three, four big name players. No, because the problem with these players, you can all, you, the thing is, if you look at the number of DPs that have been busts or like a Shakiri or, or Insigne, which they're they're older guys, right. Well, yeah. they're older and they don't care. They're there to make money. Right. They're not competing. They're not. They're not going to get benched. They're making. You don't think that? You don't think that's going to change though? Now, now that the, the league has kind of started to grow a little bit. I mean, we'll see. It hasn't. They're still signing players like Douglas Costa. Insigne was recently was recent. Yeah, but Douglas uh, Costa was was like two years ago. Like I'm saying that. Like I feel you like, mean like, this, like right now. Yeah, like I, I feel like Messi is that Beckham, right? Like th- this is like a new era that just got randomly started. And although it's happened mid mid year, I think twenty twenty four is when the new era of MLS kind of starts. I'm kind of curious but, to see. But the, the question thing. is, but but yeah, but no other DP is gonna have the star power of Messi unless you. Get, oh, of course like, not. No, no unless way. you get like Neymar, it's still not Messi, but the star power is there. Yeah. It'll drive people to the yeah. stadium. Or Ronaldo, right. which that ship has sailed, but. The, the thing is, you need to improve the overall product. You're going to get that star. No one cares that much to watch one player ball out against a bunch of crap defenders. They want to see a better product. That's my whole point. Uh, yeah. Because the, the, the thing is, yes, you're going to get that guy, and people are going to go watch it, like Messi right now. People are watching mm-hmm. Inter Miami more than ever because of Messi. 
But yeah. once he leaves, how many people will stay watching? How many people care? If the product is good, a lot of them will stay if they enjoy the sport, which I'm assuming most do. Mm-hmm. That that is that is where that's the issue I see with Major League Soccer. Sure, the league is balanced, but the rosters are very unbalanced. And you do that by raising the cap and lowering the number. Because if you look at the expenditures of the team with DPs and everything, we're kind we kind of already are in a 20 million salary cap. Like the teams yeah. spend that. Because of what they're spending on the DPs. Yeah, the average is around that. It's close. So you could just reduce the DPs and bump up that salary cap 4 or 5x. It's doable. And the rosters would drastically improve. The the league would become more intense because players would be fighting for that starting job. Uh, More more quality players would be fighting. You wouldn't have players making $90,000 a year. Which for a D1 soccer league, like a Division I soccer league in top 20 of the world to a bare minimum... That's a pretty low salary. I think I agree with you on just about everything you said. The only thing is that if you want this league to grow worldwide, you need some of the best players at some point. And if you don't have DPs, once the players, let's say you develop a couple of good players here, but you only have one DP spot, they're going to leave. Like you well, need to be able to, to get some of these players playing here in their prime. Why and not get rid of the salary cap then? Just get rid of the salary cap. Oh no, because I I I I like the parity, mm. and like you said, the reason we have the parity is because we have those uneven rosters, right? You got to pick. You want a good offense, a good defense. Most people going to good offense, the defense is going to suffer. But I appreciate it. Now I think that the salary overall should increase, so that we have a minimum. The minimum salary in that in the NBA is like one point two, one point three million. That should be the minimum salary here in the MLS. And you can attract a lot of good players that aren't going to play in the EPL, but that will play here living in America for $1.3 million. And the quality will come up, and you can add those DP players. I think the but minimum salary is talking about like up. six DPs. That's over half of the team. Oh, I was joking. I, I don't oh, know. Okay. I, no, I, 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 I think too much. Yeah, I, I, I think crazy. But I think, the, full, I, I think we should add a fourth. I think it'd be good to have a third of the roster being like full of star power if possible. I, I well, think but that if that you put the salary people. cap at 25 million already, mm-hmm. you can sign some star players right there. You can sign players on four or $5 million exactly. a year and you can have a more uneven roster. But what you're doing right now is you're allowing owners to choose. Do you want to spend more money on this expensive player? Go ahead. Do you want a more balanced roster where you have more depth? Make it even. You, you give that opportunity. Right now, there's no option. It's no offense to the players, crap in elite level players like Messi, Busquets, um, even you go to Orlando City, Facundo Torres, you go Insigne, that doesn't care, but that's still an elite level player, uh, Ricky Puig, uh, and then it, the drop-off is too big. You can still, in $25 million, you can pay $5 million for a player. You have $25 million to spend. Look, think about it this way. If you increase the cap to $25 million, what you are saying right now on the DPs, it remains exactly the same. Because you can spend fifth, sorry, you can spend twenty million on DPS, and you still have five million. That's what you have right now in the salary cap. And I'm not saying to get rid of all DPS. I'm saying keep the young DP. That's a great rule, the young DP mm-hmm. rule, and keep one DP spot so you can sign a player like Messi that will exceed the salary cap, Neymar, or like a super superstar. Outside of that, just offer them four million, three million. They want to come, they want to come. They don't want to come, stay in Europe. So you, well, you, it, you're against the three DPs and the three young DPs because essentially you end up with six DPs. No, you, you don't have young DPs. young DPs. You have one young DP today. 
Well, if you if one of your actual DPs is on twenty three or under, you get to add another three young DPs. Okay, yeah, which yeah. is what Inter Miami yeah. did. So mm-hmm. essentially, they have six DPs. Technically, yeah, but there's there's more limitations towards the young yeah. DP, right? Of how much you can spend. It's more, well, of course. Well, the other DP like Messi, essentially, if the league approves, it's it's done, right? They pay Messi fifty million, like and and even others, like what like Insigne is also fifteen, something like that. He's uh, high. Too much, too much for him. Well, and, and it is too much for him. And and Richard Greenberg's mentioning here in the chat that people want to see stars. I think that the whole DP idea, I think what it does is it sort of puts, especially now that we have Messi, Busquets, and Alba, and, and, and a lot of other players as well, it's sort, of, it's sort of putting a lot of pressure on the organizations that have the money and just haven't been willing to spend it. I mean, I look at New England, for example. That's an organization that has boatloads of money, but they just don't invest it because the owner also owns the New England Patriots. So if he starts to see that there's promise in football, then he should be taking that same money and investing it into New England's team. No? no I, look, yeah. some, some teams poorly invest. Look at Toronto. They have the highest salary cap uh, uh, and uh, yeah. they spent the most money and they're the worst team in the league. So, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it's, it's not knowing it how to use your money. It well. The, my only thing with the DPs is that I want this league to grow and I love it because of the parity. I love it because you, you – one team can be good one year to the next. That's what I enjoy about this league. But I also understand that I want this league to grow as overall and star players help in that aspect. Because all the eyes that we have because of Messi, and I know that Messi is one of a kind, right? But because you have a Messi, or if you when Kaká went to Orlando, all of a sudden, that that piqued the interest of a lot of Brazilians. I have a way to kill your argument. I have a way to... Okay. He was waiting for Kaka. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> I agree. I agree. No, I, literally, I'm going to use his own argument against because I agreed with what he said. But okay. he, what he didn't see is what, what Daniel just said went against what he said before. You mentioned Messi. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Kaka. Mm-hmm. Um, David Beckham. These are mm-hmm. guys that get people to watch. Oh, Do yeah. you think Sergio Busquets would get into Miami to pack a stadium? No. Okay. That's a very good player, but he won't do it. Um, do you think, let me think of another DP here. Help me with a DP from a team. Um, I mean, Jordi Alba. Jordi no, Alba is not a DP. No, oh, that's not. right. He is in the DP. Yeah. No, but, but I, I think ha- it has Javi to Hernandez. Be... Oh, Chicharito. Well, yeah, Chicharito I mean, could he, because of the Mexican. Could, because of, Mexican, because of yeah, the Mexican he, connection. Yeah. yeah. He filled up the galaxy. My overall yeah. point is you only need to, to attract eyeballs and get people to watch. You only need one superstar. In your team you don't need two and no team has ever had two superstars in mls that attract eyeballs that's my point they've had quality players that are dps like busquets that add value but he doesn't attract viewers he's amazing but no one goes like oh i gotta watch inter miami it's sergio busquets i gotta watch no it's like i want to watch messi right um so my point is you only need one dp spot because then you sign that one star and on those 25 million dollars that you still have to spend which right now it's just five you sign a Busquets, you sign a Nani, a Facundo Torres, because these guys, well, Busquets are actually expensive, but you don't necessarily need to sign him. You can get players that are cheaper and will have a major impact as well. And you also have the young DP, which you can go to South America and sign a very good promising player. Yeah. That's my point. If you're talking about star power, you just need one DP spot. You just need Messi in your team. You just need I, Carlos Vela that will get the Mexicans to watch, and that's it. I, I see your point. That's Kaka, not happening. That was another example. Kaka. Yeah, I see. I see. I see your point. Uh, I don't think that's happening, but I definitely see your point. Do you think we end up going to four DPS next year? 
I think, yes, it's more likely to do that than to raise the cap. Yes. If that's your question, yes. I think yeah. that's more likely. I, I'd rather see them raise the cap because I would love to bring in the... I think the minimum salary should be $1 million, But All right. Well, so that's probably not happening. We're probably going to go to four DPs. So I guess let's talk about um, Orlando real quick. And before we could talk about Sunday's game, I did want to bring up what you brought up a couple minutes ago about how you said that you thought that Orlando got screwed in the League's Cup. Mm-hmm. Why? That was not a penalty kick. I'll, I'll put it this way, just so before people bring up the argument. Was Inter-Miami playing better than Orlando? Yes, they were playing better than Orlando. They were they were the better side. Or or at least um, the thing is being better is scoring more goals. But yes, in terms of judging the overall performance, Inter-Miami was playing better than Orlando. But the game was 1-1. And mm-hmm. that was not a penalty kick. There's no way to convince me otherwise. I've watched that way too many times. That was not a penalty kick. But he, Could he Inter-Miami hooked his arm. have gone on? What? He hooked his arm. As soon as you hooked the arm, that's it. You fucked up. Would he have called that for Orlando? Probably. No, that's not like when there's he didn't a call it for Messi, he called it for Joseph. But it's into Miami. That's my whole point. Um, look, it's the, the there's definitely not a script, and it's definitely not rigged in the sense that they tell the ref what to do. That doesn't happen. But again, when you're playing against when you're, you're refing, there's biases that will go towards yeah. in regards to the pressure of who can go through and, and just the messy aura around it. Um I think the ref made a mistake there. Um, I don't think it was on purpose, but he made a mistake. That changed the whole dynamic of the game. Sure, Inter Miami could have gone on and won the game. They still scored another goal. That other goal is irrelevant. Anyone that watches soccer for long enough knows that one game changes the dynamic of the game. Like, Orlando was pretty damn fine holding the 1-1. We were fine with that. But once you guys scored, we had to go for a goal. That mm-hmm. changes how we play. And then you guys got another goal. So just because you scored a third goal, it doesn't mean that that mistake is irrelevant because that opened us up. Pareja ball, he's a soccer terrorist. That's how we play. That's how we play. Like people might want to try to pretend that we play pretty soccer sometimes. It's very rare. It's always been like that with Pareja. It's ugly. It's to get results. It's how essentially we won the Open. Like last season, I, I went to the Open Cup final here in Exploria. We played a freaking U.S. sell side and we played like crap. Yeah, I thought you guys were going to lose. Yeah, it looked like we were going to lose at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my point. When I say it was rigged, it was that. That was a blatant mistake. The VAR should have called it back. It's like, guys, that, that's not. It's like, even when you go to corner kicks, players are grabbing each other. And they don't call that. So that little touch right there, that's not a call that you give on a penalty box. But they gave it. And Intermind went through. And then, to be fair, uh, the other games, Inter-Miami didn't really have any questionable calls i made a few jokes about the dallas game yeah but it was more joking uh there weren't really questionable calls it was mostly normal the dallas game the only thing that was weird was, was that the header the yeah, own goal that was, was weird. that was that wild was really weird that was I, weird <laughs> he, I, we're, like we've been joking on the show that he just wanted to say that he scored off of a, a messy yeah. assist and it just <laughs> that, that was, was like it. his childhood dream and he will Photoshop a different color jersey onto Messi or something. That, that's the only kids. thing. That, and Jesus yeah. Ferreira missing that one-on-one that he just didn't kick yeah. the ball. He just didn't kick it. Yeah. <laughs> that was but, the yeah. other one. opportunity. But that's not well, on Messi or the ref. That's just Jesus doing Jesus. Yes. Um. So as far as Sunday's game, before we get into the Open Cup, what did you think about Sunday's game? Because I, you guys are second in the East. I thought that you guys had every advantage possible when you guys came out full strength. 
Yeah, yeah. I, look, I predicted that that was going to be our first loss, even if Messi played like a month ago. I was like, I that's going to be, be that draw. first loss. I have a tweet out. I said it would be a draw. Okay. I thought we would lose like a month. Yeah. I was like, that's going to be the game that we somehow lose. And when Messi wasn't playing, Alba wasn't playing, Busquets wasn't playing, Farias wasn't starting. I was like, okay, here you go. But we came out with a draw. Now, I know you said that you predicted the draw, but what did you think of that game overall? Well, I'm not going to talk about the game specifically. Let me talk about Orlando for a second because the problem okay. with Orlando was we went on a good run right there. We had that incredible comeback against um, Columbus. Columbus, Columbus mm-hmm. that in the last, what, 15 minutes, scoring two, three, go- three goals. It was incredible. And then was, the, fans started, yeah, this, the fans started to get hyped again. I really don't fall for that anymore with Orlando City. I've seen that multiple seasons with Oscar Pareja. We look good for a little bit of a stretch. We come back. And then we we suck again. We lost to New York the weekend weekend before, a few days before we played. We lost two zero to New York City FC, which is a team that's not mm-hmm. even making the playoffs. By the way, they're they're kind of in rebuilding. their baseball park. In their baseball park, and they're rebuilding this season. Essentially, they have a lot of young players. Um, so coming into the Miami game, I was just like, like where we are in the standings is not really what Orlando City is, in my opinion. It's just being truthful to it, and I. I put out a tweet talking about that, how Orlando City fans were like talking trash about Inter Miami fans. And I talked about the similarities. I was like, guys, it's not that much different um, for what we have. Mm-hmm. But talking about Orlando specifically, I expected a draw. Just like I-, I couldn't see us winning the game. I-, I was a bit surprised that Inter Miami got the first goal. I thought it would have been more of like we get it and then we just bunker back and then Miami gets a goal. Uh, or Miami sent some guys that were um, that were on the bench. Not Messi specifically, obviously, but... The game just kind of played out how I expected. Um, but at the end of the day, the game felt very meaningless because we we locked in our playoff spot Already. the round before. And yeah. and the whole meaning to this game was like, oh, we're going to play against Messi and all that. Right. And it's State like, rival. Rival. And, and then there was, was a lot of intangible stuff that really doesn't matter in terms of substance. It was hard to care, too, because I think Inter-Miami will make the playoffs regardless if they lost this game or not. I still think Inter-Miami will. Once they get the Open Cup out of the way, I think as long as Messi's healthy, there's going to be, what, six games left. They're going to put in play five games. Mm-hmm. Are you sure it's not six? Five. It's five? Okay, it might five. be. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's five. No, you're right. It was six with this one. So five. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure if Messi, Busquets, and Alba can play those five games, They'll get at least four wins, and I'm assuming Inter Miami will make it to the playoffs. I think that's all Especially we need, four out of five. Yeah, I think yeah. they're going to win four, at least maybe five, or maybe four. So I, I didn't care too much about this game, to be honest, um, mainly for that. If Messi played, it would be a bit different. There wasn't that much at stakes, much to care about. Well, and as, a, as an opposing fan, to be honest, watching the game – I was sort of disappointed in terms of because, I mean, I thought that Orlando was going to blow us out of the water. I thought that they were really going to give us the business because we're talking about having three of our star players that are out. We have Gregory and we have Mota, who were our biggest players at the time early in the season, out. Stefanelli, also big injury, out. I mean, he was in the bench for this game. But uh, aside from that, I said, this is this is a depleted team. We should be taking a loss big time. And to get mm-hmm. the tie... We kind of ran away with uh, with something that really wasn't expected. I mean, Danny, even like I said, Danny, you meant you thought it was going to be a loss. Yeah, but I've been I was saying that even if Messi played, I don't know why I just felt that that game with the U.S. Open Cup right a couple of days after. I was like, that game is going to be one of those games where you just 
You're just not up for it because you're looking forward. Now, do you think it's weird that you guys got the game for, against Miami rescheduled three days before the Open Cup last year and we didn't get that same benefit this year? I don't know, man. The, I mean, the, 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 it's not weird because it's all done prior. Yeah. Like, who, who would have known if Inter-Miami was in the final or Orlando? Like, you can't know who's in the final ahead of time. The schedule. Also, remember, Don Garber doesn't give two craps oh, crap. about the Open about Cup. The I mean, I mean I don't, guys, I'm not a big fan of it either. You, you guys play the final tomorrow. There's MLS games going on at the same time. Yeah, I know. So, two so two games? I, I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's just it's just well, whatever coincidence. I think Don Garber does care about losing to the USL because last year he rescheduled our game so that Orlando had extra time to rest up to beat Sacramento because I think he didn't want to lose to the USL side. This year, if, if their Miami wins or Houston wins, it doesn't matter. It's an MLS team winning. So I think that's why it wasn't a big deal this year. Yeah, to we play. have a closed pyramid, so the leagues compete with each other. And if we put... um. If USL beats MLS, they would ride on that marketing for oh, as for long sure. as they can. So yeah, I, I can see him having an issue with that, but I can assure you, Houston and um, Miami, he won't care. Uh, no. Probably what MLS will do is if Houston wins, they'll try to hype it and market in a way of like Hector Herrera to get like the Mexican American audience. And if Inter Miami wins, obviously they're going to market around Messi because yeah. it's Messi. But but they don't really care. That's the truth. I saw that with Orlando last season. It's going to be a win win for them in terms of marketing. That's what it's going to be. That's what they're looking at this game as, Danny. Mm -hmm. So do you? Do you care too much about the U.S. Open Cup? Because I know Orlando won it last year, so I don't know if you, because of that you care about it. I'm personally not a big fan of it. I prefer the League's Cup. I'm a fan of it. I, I like it because it gives an opportunity to USL teams show a little bit of, like, try to compete. The problem is USL is just they don't do anything to grow themselves, themselves, right? We, we yeah. talked about how they need promotion relegation because MLS is not going to implement it. The only th way they can differentiate themselves and try to get a fandom and maybe some money and some investors would be trying to make their own pyramid right there. They don't do it. So it's just like it's just MLS, but an inferior product. It's like, why would anyone watch it unless it's their local team? There's no reason to watch it unless it's your local team. The teams are not very good. So at the end of the day, they've been doing a better job with their academies. We see some USL players going even to MLS, to Europe and doing all right. But outside of that, that's the only issue. I, I like underdog stories, and I think that's one thing that MLS doesn't have. Rarely, there's maybe you'll have a run with a deep seed team, but it's still not really an underdog story because we talked about the parody. Right. Um, so, so that's that's my only concern. Regards to not concerned. That's why I enjoy it. Like Sacramento. Sacramento almost, last year, yeah, almost was an underdog story of winning the tournament. Something we don't get in Major League Soccer, Leagues Cup. Um, I don't know, man. Well, the, I still have to wait. I don't Mexican, have an opinion on it. The Mexican teams, they think that they're equal, if not more superior, than MLS teams. So I guess there's really no possibility of getting that underdog story out of League's Cup because you don't have mm -hmm. that sort of discrepancy in skill set versus, you know, the USL and the MLS. Yeah, it's very even. And I would say maybe the top three Mexican teams in Liga MX, I would say they're probably better than all the teams in Major League Soccer. Not by a lot, but they're better. But outside of that, the level is just very mixed in. Uh, it's just, yeah. And then, yeah, there's no underdog. And also, these three teams that are the three best teams in Liga MX, uh, 
the gap is not big enough to call any MLS team winning an underdog story. So mm-hmm. yeah. you don't have it. Uh, do, you, do you think Inter-Miami Orlando is an actual rivalry? No. Neither do I. I agree with that. There's Thank no, God. There's, I think no. It's it's just. I mean, the fans don't like on. each other. You, I get, you get that. A cheer because, for of, that. Because, of, because of because of Twitter. But I think the real rivalry for Inter Miami as of right now, I think, is Nashville. And my understanding think, is that you guys in Atlanta don't like each other. I think it depends on how we judge rivalries. Rivalry. I think there is no rivalry within any other team. Um, rivalry needs lots of history. Um, rivalry needs um, a little bit of hatred, I would say, a little bit of hatred. But you need history. You need things to happen. Uh, in, I think Inter Miami, as an example, they're, it's too young of a franchise to have an actual rivalry. That's my well, opinion. That, like, well, that's why because uh, of geography, they consider you. because Yeah, yeah, that's what they're trying. Yeah. But, but there, there really isn't, right? The, the thing is, you go to Brazil, for example, uh, all the teams in the same state are rivals, but not because they're in the same state. That's what people don't get. Brazil has a state tournament. So they face each other so much. There's lots of history. There's bad blood. There's this and that. Um, it's not just because they're in the same state. There's teams in the state of Sao Paulo, like Portuguesa and all those, that they're not rivals with Palmeiras, Corinthians. They're in the same state. But they're not rivals. There's not enough history between them. So essentially what drives rivalries is history. It's not yes. proximity. It's not any of that. Barcelona and Real Madrid are not in the same city. No, no. Well, but there's history there. There's like... There, there's well, a two lot top teams, there. right? Yeah, so well, that's my point. I don't think there is a, I, overall. I think Major League Soccer doesn't really have actual rivalries. I think it'll just not enough history. Them. It's just it's too young. That's the yeah. thing. Well, well, like I said, I think that Inter Miami and Nashville is going to eventually, if not already, be a rivalry. I mean, we came into the league together. Our first playoff game was against each other. Our first cup game was against each other. So it just feels like. If anybody, that's the team that we've somehow ended up just constantly playing against when it, the games matter. So yeah. I think if anybody, it would be Nashville over Orlando. I don't. Yeah, the thing is, I don't think there is. And for it to be a rivalry, we got to wait and see. There has to be like playoff clashes. Um, I, I wish they did regional tournaments in the U.S. with USL and MLS teams. That would be awesome. Would like be put Atlanta, Tampa Bay Rowdies, Orlando into Miami. Isn't um, that what the first couple rounds of the U.S. Open Cup is, though? No, because they put reserve. Like, do a, do an actual regional tournament with a trophy right there that ends right there. It like just the Carolina Cup kind of deal. Yeah, like field. like we do in college football, essentially. Got you. Or like yes. like it, it literally ends there. The Open Cup doesn't end there. You keep going. Just right. do a regional tournament with a trophy, and that'll build some history, rivalry, games against each other, something at stake, um, with good with good um rewards and everything. But rivalries take time man um if you go to other countries i don't know if you guys have been if you go to other countries and you experience rivalries or live i lived in brazil 13 years uh you you start to see what it actually is and mls doesn't really have it I, i've been to la i went to la to see a little bit talk it's to the yeah it, it, it's still i would say that one there's a bit more of like hatred and some passion more passion because like mexican america there's a lot of mexican americans there but it's still not the same. Rivalries, you need memorable moments. You're talking about there just just don't have that. They try to put um Orlando and Atlanta. It is a rivalry. Over time, probably Atlanta, Miami, Orlando, there will be some rivalry, but you need time for rivalry. It has to be organic. It has to, 
they're trying to force us like I like Miami. I'm a new team. I need a rival. It's like, no, you guys don't have one. Neither does Orlando. It's it's just going to happen eventually um, with yeah, years going how, on. That's how that's how promotion and stuff here in this country works. You got to promote it. Yeah. So I get why they're doing it. I just think that if you had to choose one, it would be Nashville for for Miami, at least. I don't know if you can promote a right. It just kind of happens. Uh, it's like well, don't we have like a rivalry week in MLS. There is it's a rivalry fake. week. It's yes. fake. It's an <laughs> but, attempt. It's all but propaganda. Saying, but it is. It is. It's there. It's not working. It doesn't work. People don't care as much as as they they think it sh- they should. I think it would. The rivalry will happen. Let's say Inter Miami and um, Nashville clash in the playoffs for three consecutive seasons and then i don't know inter miami loses three times you guys are going to hate them and they're going to banter on you and then yeah. on the fourth year you play again and then inter miami wins and you guys all of a sudden that history and, and rivalry starts to build and the fans are interacting more uh you guys are what four years old five years old the, this is this is our fourth, fourth season this is our fourth. fourth season there's no way to have an organic rivalry with a team that's four years old it just won't happen if um would you want to see Orlando play into Miami in the playoffs? Because I'm dying for something like that. That would be fun. That would be maybe something to spice up a potential rivalry. So you would want to see it? Yeah, would, I, I think that would that be would fun. Yeah. Cause I, I have a feeling that most Eastern teams want to avoid us as long as possible. I mean, look, um, I want to be entertained. And knocking out Messi, that possibility, I think it's worth the risk. That might be worth more than the MLS Cup, man. <laughs> Look, if you're the first team it to is. beat Messi for sure, because technically Messi's still undefeated. Like we lost to Atlanta, but Messi wasn't playing that game. Like we, we haven't lost to Messi yet. So definitely, mm-hmm. that's definitely a feather in the cap. Just to add on to the rivalry, because I think people are not understanding. It's, it, the thing is, it, it's hard to explain um, what I mean about rivalry, but I'm I'm talking about from a perspective of someone that experienced in a different country. People can talk about and say that we have rivalries here. Maybe from your perspective, you have a rivalry in MLS. Um, depends on what you define it, but I've seen rivalries in Brazil, and if you go experience that, you're going to say, no, MLS doesn't have it right now. There's no history. There's no actual bad blood. It's just something forced because I need to have a rivalry. It's almost that dude that just like, he just needs to have a girlfriend. So he'll go with any girl that shows up in front of him, even though there's not actual connection there. But he 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 needs to have a girlfriend. I don't know, to tell his parents or tell his buddies. So he just like goes out with this girl he doesn't really like. But look, I have a girlfriend right here. That's what I'm talking about, MLS rivalries. You don't need to have a rivalry. Just give it time. It'll happen organically. Organically, teams will start to hate. I think like we can talk about like the Sounders in Portland. There's a bit of a history there. So that one is more of an organic rivalry. I'd never experienced it, but I, I I know there's more history there and the passion of the soccer fans there are big, but you don't need rivalries need time. And moments. Well, I, and and mm-hmm. I'm in accordance to a bit with um with nature art John. I lost the the comment. It was up ahead, but he said the fans kind of choose the rivalry. I agree to an extent. I think mm-hmm. the fans kind of make that atmosphere and they kind of choose that there's a rival or not um, because for the most part, the players come and go and they, and it's the fans that really dictate that rivalry. Um, That's true. And usually it's based off moments that they yeah. start to hate the other team or, or love that game specifically for right. some reason, but it's like, the fans that choose it. Right. But for I'm sure. just saying- or, or things like even off the pitch, like throwing paint on a mural or, or <laughs> who like, would do that. Exactly. So, but things like that could spark up, a rivalry, you know? 
So, or a big you know, brawl, a Royal Rumble. Yeah. So stuff like that, you know, that kind of happens. Um, all right. So I guess we could start uh, bring it, wrapping it up almost. So real quick, we wanted to know, what do you think as far as, I think you might have said it earlier, but just to confirm, you, what do you think the playoff chances are for Miami? They're making the playoffs and tomorrow actually winning the U.S. Open Cup. I think Inter Miami will make the playoffs. I, I said it before. Uh, unless Messi has an actual bad injury. Um, right. Like, I'm assuming. Which I don't he, think a lot of people don't. Everybody just assumes that he's just really tired. I think he's fine. Um, yeah. So I don't know if he'll start tomorrow. That's up in the air. He'll definitely play. But I, I'm assuming that Messi will be healthy. And I'm assuming out of those five games, Inter Miami can pull at least four wins, possibly four wins and a draw. So I think Inter Miami will make the playoffs. And if you look at the table right now, even if they win the two games they have on them, right? Mm-hmm. They have two less games. They're They're in it. They're in it automatically. So yes, I I would say I don't I don't want to give a percentage. I don't know, but I would say mm-hmm. it's higher than fifty percent chance. It's more likely that they will make the playoffs than not make it. Now tomorrow, it's a tricky one because it's a it's one game. Now Inter Miami is playing at home. That's definitely a big advantage, uh, especially in MLS. MLS home advantage plays a big role in Major League Soccer statistically. Mm-hmm. Like if you're too big of a country the- to travel in. Yeah, weather's different. Um, sometimes yeah. we change the time zone. There, there's so much stuff so that it plays a role. And I think... Um, and Houston's think, a horrible road team. Yeah, the, yeah, that is true as well. But the thing with Houston is they just caught fire after League's Cup. Um, mm-hmm. They won like four or five games in a row. Hector Ahera finally decided to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team just playing very well. Karaskir, I saw you guys talk about Karaskir. I think he's a fantastic player. I talked about him in World Cup qualifying so much when he played against the United States. Such a good midfielder. I don't even know why he's still in Major League Soccer. He can definitely play in very good leagues in Europe. Yeah. He's so good at progressing the ball forward, dribbling ability, incisive passing. Very good on defense, too. Can play both ways, box to box, if you need him to. Um, it's a tricky game because of that, and it's a one match. Uh, and, and we don't know still... Busquets and Alba will be fine, I'm assuming. Uh, but we don't know what's going on with Messi there. I- I'll put Inter-Miami as the fail. I'll put like 60-40. 60% Inter-Miami, 40% Houston. So it's like slight favorites for Inter-Miami. That's what I would put it. That's fair. How tense That's How fair. tense will you be watching that game hoping that the Inter-Miami loses? I'm not going to be... I'm not, I won't lose. You're not rocking the Dynamo jersey while you're watching it? I'll tell you one thing. There's one game I'm losing sleep this week. It's Palmeiras and Boca Juniors. Um, That's Mm. my team. Uh, If Orlando and Miami were playing, I'd be a bit more worried. I'd be more concerned. But it's like it doesn't really affect me. But I hope, I hope the Dynamo win. I'm going to be wearing their jersey tomorrow. I'm going to do a live watch along for the game. I'm going to be doing a live stream for the game. So I'm going to be rooting for Houston Dynamo. But I'm not going to lose sleep over this. I'm just going to try to enjoy it. I want Messi to play. Like, if I wanted Inter Miami to lose, I would say, don't play Messi. No, I want him to play. I want him to play. I want to watch Messi play and lose. (laughs) Well, I want to see him play and Danny, too, because we're going to be at the freaking stadium. So hopefully he does play. Sean Callahan's mentioning Boca winning. Oof. Oh, that's a tough one. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, I for those of you who know, tactical manager does a lot of U.S. men's national team talk. I'm kind of curious. What are your thoughts on... Ben Krem and Calendar. Oh, Kremaski. Benjamin Kremaki. Yeah. Yeah. Kremaski. Yeah. Um, Drake Calendar. Let's start with him. Um, Drake Calendar. The United States are now Matt Turner's our number one. Clear. He's got that safe. But then 
Number two. Who's number two? Etan Horvath doesn't play for Nottingham Forest. Not even on the bench. Not even on the bench. Zach Steffen injured and also wasn't really doing much. Wasn't doing well last season in the EFL Championship. Then who else do you have? A 19, 20-year-old Gaga Sonina playing in Belgium. Sean Johnson. Sean so, Johnson's over the hill and Gaga's a beast. I like Gaga. Yeah, but he's too young for a goalkeeper yeah. still. Has mm -hmm. a lot to improve. So I think Drake Callender is our number two or possible or definitely top three right now. He's he's a USMNT roster goalkeeper at the moment. His shot stopping is great. Not the best in distribution for sure, but he's improved great. a lot this season, though. He's improved, but it's not that great, but probably won't um what should I call it? Uh not perfect. That's probably the best. But very good shot stopper, reliable, is in good form, looking better. So in a roster now, Ben Kramaski. Uh, I, I I said this before. He didn't really deserve the call up that he got based off merit. I just put it this way: if he only had an American passport, he wouldn't be there. He is so trying to get player. him off Argentina. Yeah, it was recruiting, but I think he's a U.S. men's national team U20 player. So we have an Olympic camp coming up in October. I don't know if they're going to call him up because it would affect Inter Miami. But that's where he should be. He should be in the Olympic roster, should be playing the Olympics for the United States, U-20 tournaments. He's not at that level. He's a potential future U.S. men's national team player. But the only reason he made that roster was because of his passport. Because he has, he has the option to choose between Argentina and uh, Exactly. US. Even though I don't think Argentina right now is very realistic, I would say. Right, right now, well, at least. Yeah, he's still very young. Um Chris, did you have anything else about the U.S. men's national team? No, that that's that's kind of what I wanted to know a little bit about our guys and how they're doing. What's their sort of what's the view on them and 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 how they could be able to progress with us? Well, well with I'm sorry. I have one one quick question, and I know I'm pretty sure I know what he's going to say, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I was going back and forth with people yesterday. If you had to start a team today, and you had to choose one goalie, would you pick Calendar or Galesi? Mm. That's a tricky one right there. I'd say it's pretty 50 50 right now. Galezi, Galezi, I've seen him also. I, I watch him play for Peru too, even play against Brazil. He has some shaky moments, even though he has some moments where he's completely outside. I'll probably pick Galezi because I, I, I guess, I guess they're very similar levels, both of them, very close levels. But Galezi, we've seen him do it for what multiple seasons because well, of his experience. Yeah, yes. so I'll probably pick Galez, but I'd say the level's much closer than people probably think right now. Drake Calendar's been very good. Okay. I was just curious because I was going back yeah. and forth with people. And um, I, I agree, he does have much more experience. Yeah, I, I would just say he's what Drake Calendar's doing, Galezi has been doing for multiple seasons. I'm not saying Drake Calendar's worse than Galezi, but it's just like if it's the same level, just pick the more experienced one, I guess. Yeah, if it's one game, definitely. I guess I can yeah. see the experience over that. If you're going mm -hmm. long term, I guess you would go Calendar. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. And you are right. I'm sorry. Somebody just said something and my fault. Noah Allen. I forgot to bring up Noah Allen. Our boy Noah Allen. We've been on the free Noah Allen train for a while. What do you think about Noah Allen? Uh, I, I only watched him a lot during the U20s, the USMNT U20s, not within to Miami, besides one game or another that he would play, because he doesn't play that much, too. There's that. No, yeah. and he's been playing uh, left center back uh, all recently. Yeah, I, I personally didn't like him very much during the USA U20s. Uh, I thought there was a lot of technical limitations on him. Um, Athletic-wise, also not that great. So even in the U20s, he... He was behind Jonathan Gomez. He was behind Caleb Wiley at the left back. 
And even if you go a bit further, you can even put like a Kevin Paredes on the left back. That's another young American right there. So he's unlike Ben Kramaski. Like I said, Ben Kramaski has a spot in our youth teams right now, the Olympic one, the U20. Noah Allen doesn't, in my opinion, um, from what I've seen uh, right now. I mean, that makes sense. And he hasn't just, he just hasn't had the opportunities, Danny. I mean, he's never going to be able to, to, to get to that level without getting some sort of critical minutes. You think he's better than Caleb Wiley? Uh, Caleb Wiley was, was an actual option for the, for the U.S. men's national team, like the senior team. No. You don't think really. so? Oh, he no. was looked at at least as a possible option. No, no, not really. Never, never for the A team. No. I don't think so. Uh, Caleb Wiley still has a lot to do. He's a very good player, very high ceiling. He's a U-20 left back. That's what he's seen for the United States. We don't have a backup left back in the mean, the, the man's team. The backup left back is Dest, which is a right back, or Joe Scali, which is another right back. They're the backups. Uh, but no, Caleb Wiley, just think about it this way. Burhalter didn't call Caleb Wiley, and he preferred to call a left back from the second division of Italy, which is worse than MLS, in my opinion. So... I, I don't think Wiley was ever considered for the senior team at the moment. I I'm gonna go randomly on a tan, uh off on a tangent real quick, but I I am curious now that you brought this up. Do you think it's worthwhile? Let's say Drake Callender gets an offer to go play in Europe. Do you think he should take it? Because I think that he shouldn't, because he'll end up riding the bench, and I think he's getting more meaningful minutes here. He's gonna play international games next year. I think that he's better suited staying here for at least another year or two rather than go to Europe and go through what Matt Turner went back. through last year. Yeah, I think you kind of answered it already. It's it's sort of one of those situations where it depends on where he's going. If he's going to go to a club and they're going to go, hey, you're going to come here and it's your position to lose. You're the starter. It's like, okay, what's the league? How do they play? Is it going to improve him playing out of the back? Because as a shot stopper, he'll improve staying MLS, just staying sharp. His re everything will be fine. But if he can go to a club where he will start and it will improve playing for his feet, even though Inter Miami, they do try to play out of the back too at times. So that does force him to improve. But I think Matt Turner going to Arsenal wasn't that bad. He improved a lot with his feet. And then eventually he found a club where he's a starter. It's really about the situation. I had um, I had Eric Palmer Brown at the channel and I had Breck Shea right now that played for you guys last season. I talked to Breck Shea and Eric Palmer Brown. They literally said the same thing about going abroad. It's not really just about going abroad. It's picking the right league, the right club, the right coach. The situation has to work. So to your point, yeah, if it's if it doesn't feel like the right situation, he should stay because he's currently in a good situation. And, and of course, unless there's like a lot of money, right? If he's going to make a ton yeah, of money, then, then, at that then point, go. you just got to take it, right? For sure. But I guess you're asking a soccer perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's not a very good situation, stay because you're in a good situation in Miami. Plus, um, I go a lot to Miami, by the way, and I love the city. So there's that. But we'll be in Miami in two years for sure. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true because we're still technically in Fort Lauderdale. Yes. All right. Uh, Chris. Still a great ahead. city, though. Great city. It too. is. It is. Very nice city. And if anybody has any questions for uh, Tactical before we ride out, make sure you ask them now. All right, Chris, go ahead. It's all yours. Well, in the meantime, well, I, I don't know if you guys have seen any episodes of us, but we like to do some clownery here. And I want to do something here. Let's bring, let's bring Joey back in the fold here. So, Joey, welcome back into the fold, my friend. And I got a couple serious questions here for you guys. And hopefully you haven't watched the podcast because I like to surprise the guys with this. So I have this picture right here. 
And we're going to go with Joey first. You're muted, Joey, just in case. But I want you to make a pick between the pie, the five pieces of All steak right. and the six pieces of toast. Which way are you going here, buddy? Mm, I'm pretty balanced. I'm going to go down the middle with the three. And I'll go with the I'll go a little more burnt on the four for the toast. Okay. All right. That's respectable. What about what about you, Tagman? Two and four. I'm from Brazil. Uh, we have yes. the Brazilian churrasco there. The meat has to be bloody. Not one. That's <laughs> freaking raw. I'm not trying to die here, but two. Yes. Yeah, one, you might as well just bite the cow. So <laughs> who, who better steak? Argentina or Brazil? Um, it's even. They're great. Both are fantastic. Uh, I, I actually, the thing is, barbecue, any place that has good barbecue, it's very tough to pick one. I went, Texas barbecue is great. Brazil, it's just different. Um, They're the all variety good, just different. Uh, Argentina, Shuhasco or, or barbecue, go try it. Brazilian, go try it. Now, it is different at the actual country, okay? Like the Texas de Brazil that you get here, Fogo de Chão, it's not quite the same in Brazil. It is better, but... I guess if you go here, you ultimately you get a similar experience. But in Texas too, I had Texas barbecue and it was freaking amazing. I had it all summer last year because I was, was in I was in I was in Houston last summer actually, Joey, oh, and yeah. I had um, brisket, um, everything with it. Um, so, what's the name of the sausage? It's like Czech sausage that you guys have. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's Czech sausage that they gave everything. I just love it, but I just love brisket and ribs. It was so freaking good. And right, there's now, for sure no shortage of, of brisket and ribs. Go ahead, Danny, before I get to my next clown. No, I was going to tell you, go, ahead, go, go ahead to your next clownery because this is the, okay. the sociopath question. Go ahead. All right. So this is the question of all questions, and we just premiered this like four episodes ago. So, Joey, we're going to start <laughs> okay. with you again. Which way are you cutting your sandwich? Are you cutting it north to south, or are you one of these guys that do from corner to corner? Uh, north to south. Oh, boom, Danny. What about you, Tech Man? Let's go. Wait, you guys cut your sandwich? What? <laughs> I just eat the whole thing, man. Why, why are we cutting our sandwich here? We just eat the whole thing. If you We're all to cut the here. sandwich. We're hungry. We eat the whole sandwich. You don't eat half the sandwich. Just eat the whole thing. Yeah, portion yourself. I don't portion myself. <laughs> I, I work outside. I, I play soccer. I, I do too much. Stuff. I got to eat the whole. I'm. Uh, I might eat, even eat two. I'll eat both of them. I won't cut any of them. I'll eat both. Wait, wait. So, so, what, so you're telling me that you don't cut your sandwiches? You don't. You just like just go straight through. Yeah. <laughs> just he just makes it and uh, breaks usually, it. That's see, it. When I make a sandwich, I'm gonna eat the whole thing. I don't cut it. Yeah, but it makes it, 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 it. I don't know. It's just like normal. Like everybody just cuts away, it. Like, yeah, it's easier to take, eat. You're taking yeah. away two percent of the sandwich, though. If you think about it, Danny. See, he agrees with me. Who cuts it? Just eat it. <laughs> I, I don't. Well, you know what? I think I I rather you just not cut it than cut it north to south. Because I think I feel like that's okay, something. You're, more soci- you're a terrible. Well, so, Danny. That's some sociopath stuff right there. <laughs> you're terrible. You right. you are brutal. All right, um, Joey. Does Houston have a rival as far as far as MLS goes? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was born in Kansas City. Is definitely our ba- well, the fans might tell you it's Dallas, oh. but I'd say it's Sporting Kansas City. I was gonna say it has to be one of the Texas teams. Right? Uh, well, some Austin fans will try to tell you it's Austin, but yeah, I don't care what they new. do. <laughs> too new. They just got here. Yeah, they're too new. They're, they're too new. In Kansas City. We've had playoff matches. There's a red card every single time we play each other. It's it's always heated. Memorable moments. Memorable goals going back as far as I can remember. 
Well, and that lends to the that lends to what what Tagman is mentioning. You have moments, you have mm-hmm. uh, games with with high with high stakes. So you have a lot of contrib- contributing factors that lend to that being uh, a, a good rivalry. Definitely. I, I can't remember the last time we played or there wasn't a red card. I mean, just this last weekend we played, Johnny Russell got sent off. They had We had a red card last time we played in the Open Cup. It's every time. Especially back in the old days when we had like Ricardo Clark playing. It gets like prime Roger Espinosa and Graham Zussi. It was two-footed lunges on everyone every game. It was crazy. It's good stuff. <laughs> So history, there's a lot of things that happen. Definitely, that yeah. The all, all the playoff games too. In 2013, and 2010, 2011, loads of playoff games. Again, 2017, we beat them playoffs. See, nice. no, I, I, I see, I see. Uh, <laughs> so you uh, just before, so Tech, thank you for joining. You, so your dislike of Inter Miami was basically just because of that call on Joseph Martinez in the penalty box. Yeah. Okay. I'm still pissed at that till this day. Uh, okay. <laughs> you guys should have just won on that. It's not a dislike to Inter Miami. I hope you guys make the playoffs in MLS. But yeah, if you play Orlando City, I want you to lose. Uh, and I, I would say this. If if you guys make it to the MLS Cup, depending on who you play, I probably want you to lose. Because I, I, I kind of, as much as I love Messi, and I even always put Messi ahead of Ronaldo, always been a Messi guy, I kind of don't want him to win everything this year. I don't want him to win everything. I don't well, know. I, just, I agree. I could see that. I could see That's that. That's boring. Yeah, yeah, I don't he, want him to win everything. Let him, let him, let him show not up. win. So there's something to, to look forward to next season that he can try yeah, to win. The chase, the chase. I guess. I mean, Copa Libertadores, right? Like you, you guys ain't playing. Cup, you guys, right? you guys are playing the the in, the what's the name the cup the Inter America Cup. Um, yeah, that also. By the way, big. by the way, Inter Miami. If Palmeiras wins the Libertadores, which they're the favorites to win, they're in the semifinals, they will play Inter-Miami in the semifinals here in the United mm-hmm. States, and I'll be there. No matter where it is. No matter where it is. No matter where it is. It can nice. even be in freaking well, Hawaii. would be wonderful if it was in Hawaii. I would be definitely going to Hawaii. I was going to say Alaska or something. We're not putting a game there. But Palmeiras has to beat Boca and win the final. If they do, we'll be there. Nice. And Luis Suarez will be playing for us. What? Luis Suarez will be playing for Inter Miami. Oh, that's great! I watched him against Palmeiras. He's not doing that well in South America. I swear. You know he's I, not. I, I, well, you know what? I don't want him. Yeah, yeah, I don't want him. He's not I, doing I that well. Him. People are lying about it. He's not. He's you. When he has the ball, you can see that there's like he is different. That instinct. He's special. Like he's a fantastic player, but the dude is like dragging himself. His knees are beat up. He's dragging himself in the field. That's why he's complaining about the intensity in Brazil. His knees just can't take it anymore. He walks in the field. It looks like the dude's in pain already. Oh, that's brutal. That's rough, Danny. We don't want that guy. Our fans want that guy, but we don't want that guy. (laughs) Well, the fans want him because um, because Because of the whole Messi wants him. Yeah, yeah. And and just so Tack knows, I dislike you for Orlando and for Palmeiras because I'm a Deportivo Pereira fan. (laughs) You lost to us. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, we got we got our ass kicked by you guys. So yeah, F you in twice. the first game, in the first, then we didn't care in the yeah. second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, you, and it was and it was at in Pereira that you guys scored a four zero. Yeah, and then so, at home, Palmeiras went for a zero zero draw. Yeah, yeah, they, they just they just buckled down. So that that was pretty rough. So yeah, that was rough because we we were excited for that little run we were going on, and that completely went to a halt. All yeah, right. but Palmeiras uh, in the Libertadores is different, man. It's it's a different team. Yeah, it is. All right, uh, Joey, thank you for sticking around. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us and talk Houston. 
Uh, looking forward to the game tomorrow. And Tech, again, you could tell everybody where they could find you uh, if they're interested in U.S. Men's National Team, uh, MLS. And, I mean, you talk a little bit of everything. Yeah, just Tactical Manager TV below my name. Just look it up. You'll find it um, somewhere. Or don't find me because I might be hating on Inter-Miami tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to be doing the stream tomorrow. And I'm not going for Inter-Miami. I, I don't know if Joey saw it. I got the jersey here, Joey, tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow I'm going for Houston. What do you guys do there? The horns up. That's what it was. When yeah, I was yeah. Hold it down. The horns up, and uh, I'm I'm a I'm a Dynamo fan tomorrow. I I don't know if to believe tactical because he says no, I don't hate Inter Miami, but then he's like, oh, boy, let's throw these horns up. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to read it. I want you guys to make the playoffs, so there's that. Yeah, like, there's that. Make, but making the playoffs is like one out of sixteen teams. Like you still got a long way Almost to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's more than half the league makes it so all right all right chris uh any final thoughts chris no man uh, today was great tomorrow's gonna be better we're gonna walk away with some more silverware hopefully and uh off to Actually, off to whack chris yeah, go uh, ahead. i forgot to ask you messi's not starting and and jordi alba's not playing period we're, we're probably playing five in the back yelling on the right we're probably playing with Aviles, Kristoff, and left. Miller. That's my question to you, right? Because uh, middle is probably Busquets, Arroyo, and, and Kremaki, and Farias, and Campana on top. My question to you real quick before we close this out. Is it Noah Allen playing left wing back or Robert Taylor? No, nah, it's, it's probably going to be Noah Allen. You think so? I think Robert it's Taylor might, might start no back there. I mean, I don't, I don't see that. I, I could see that as well, but I don't think that he's going to I think it's going to be gonna more of a 3-5-2 tomorrow instead of a... I play a little higher up. No, I think five, three, two, yeah. yeah. All right. So if you are listening on audio, thank you for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate you. Please leave a comment, write five-star review, all that other good stuff. And if you are watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. And if you were part of the chat, as always, we appreciate you joining us. As always, you are the best part of the show. And you guys took it pretty easy on tactical today. I thought it was going to be a lot rougher. So I thought it was ahead, nice. Yeah, no, they're they're afraid of me. That's the truth. I knew I <laughs> I felt like they would be intimidated. It's very easy to come after me on Twitter, but then on YouTube, people just kind of disappear. It happens very often. I'm used to it. But but it, it sucks because <laughs> they're still technically just typing. So I thought they were gonna come out a little started. But I know, but regardless... then they see the human and they just like there's a human there, so they tone it down. I, I can see that. I can see that. Well, regardless, we appreciate you guys taking the time to join us. Thank you guys for joining the chat. And as always, until the next one, have a good one.